As a business owner, do you know your numbers? It's a very simple question, but it's probably one of the most profound things that you can ask yourself. Um, do you know your numbers as it relates to forecasting for the future? Do you number, know your numbers as it relates to what to focus on? Do you know your numbers well enough where you can look at a single uh, piece of paper and say, this is what I need to focus on. These are what I need to stop focusing on. And this is how I can actually grow my business. Here are the priorities. See, uh, this is why I'm so excited to introduce to you a good friend of mine, Tim Francis, who is a CEO of a company called Profit Factory. And this guy has has impacted my life in some direct ways, in many indirect ways. And he he has mastery not only over this, do you know your numbers um, category as it relates to business, but he just he just gets a lot done. He gets it. He's made a ton of mistakes. He shared his whole story, but he also he also talks about as a business owner, if you don't know your numbers, um, you're you're really you're really in a, a dangerous place. And majority of business owners are in this place. I don't care how successful you are. I don't care if you have a seven or eight figure business or if you're just getting started. Um, one of the big problems is a lot of people um, are going and looking at the newest um, shiny object, but they actually don't internally know what's going on with their business. We see this with a lot of people with their personal financial situation and just multiply that by 10. Majority of businesses are in a really tough situation. So, so number one, the, this episode are for my business owner listeners, for people that want to to be an entrepreneur, or business owner, or maybe someone that's getting started and maybe not even profitable yet. But this is something for you to um, get. This was a really good timing for me because um, for for myself personally, we want to up our game with the knowing our numbers, uh, the financial forecasting, and all those good things. And so, with that, I also want to say that Tim was super generous, and all of my listeners are going to get his free cash flow forecast tool. And so make sure to listen. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can check out the description below. If you're listening to this, you can also check out the description below. But that's that tool alone, I think, is going to open up so many people's eyes. And so with without further ado, I'm going to introduce Tim Francis. Make sure you take good notes and listen well, because this could be the thing that keeps you from bankruptcy. Or more importantly, it could be the thing that takes your business to where it is and excels it in your ability to live intentionally and impact more people. Tim, welcome to the Better Wealth Podcast. Thanks for having me here. So I don't even know where to begin. We, we've had some really great conversations. You've been incredibly generous with your time. And one of the, one of the big reasons I want to have you on here is as, as a company, we're obsessive with cash flow. And I, I believe everyone needs to know their cash flow ratio as, as, a, as their personal economy, as, as we call it, their household economy. And there's nobody better that I, that I know that is actually talking to businesses about their numbers, about knowing their numbers. We, we even had a, a frank conversation. I'm saying as a money guy, I need to know my numbers better as, as it relates to better wealth, as it relates to growth, forecasting, and just how we can stay in business. And, and we serve a lot of entrepreneurs, and this is like a very common, common theme. And so this is what you know, brought you on the show. But, but I also have to say, when I first heard you speak, you, you were not talking about the Know Your Numbers workshop. You were talking about your business called Great Assistant, and you had an incredible talk. And I was sitting in, the, in an audience thinking about starting Better Wealth. It was Better Wealth Solutions at the time. And it was, it was very overwhelming. But one thing I took away from that is you solidified and you put numbers behind people being your, being your greatest asset. And you encouraged me to say, like, I may need to take the leap and bringing the right people on can free up things that I'm not, as Dan Sullivan would say, I'm not, it's not my unique ability. And I have to say, you've indirectly impacted me more, in more ways than one. So thank you. And uh, I also know that you're incredibly vulnerable and just very transparent. And so thank you for just showing up today and 
um, I know my audience is going to gain so much from this conversation. Love it. Appreciate you being in the audience. It's uh, an honor to be a part of this, the success story of any entrepreneur who is curious to know more. So, so Tim, why don't let's go back. I know that you're that you currently live in Austin, but I know that you didn't you weren't born there. So what is your backstory as it relates to um, where you grew up and, and who's making Tim the kind of person that he is today? Sure. Yeah, I'll yeah, let's see if I can do this and keep it to just just a couple minutes. In, in essence, you know, I, I grew up in a middle class family uh, in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. And um, right from a young age, um, I think I've always been uh, I've had a great work ethic, even if, uh, even if I didn't always know exactly what to do next. And I knew coming out of university that, you know, I'd read, read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, like a lot of aspiring entrepreneurs. And at the time in 2008 is around the time that I finished, I finished university in 06. Um, it was the real estate craze. And I knew that I wanted to really get ahead. I didn't want to take the traditional path. And when I took my first few leaps into real estate, it just happened to be the hottest market in history, really. So now at that time, what's interesting is I was also a touring drummer. So I had it figured out. I was going to be rich and famous, right? I had the rich and the famous part. So uh, what would happen is I'd be with my band. We'd be traveling around Western Canada, uh, playing what is unofficially like the Nickelback tour. That's where Nickelback is from, right? And so all these small towns are playing has Nickelback autograph pictures on the wall. And people are like, oh, are you guys the next Nickelback? We're like, oh yeah, for sure, right? <laughs> so, um, so as we're playing all these small towns, we do our radio interviews by day and sound check at 4 p.m., always 4 p.m. And then, uh, but aside from that, there's nothing to do, right? And so I was, invest I was investing in real estate. I was learning how to be a landlord, learning how to get deals, no money down. And I thought I had it made in the shade, man. I was at that time, I don't know, 26, 27, 28 years old. And uh, my band had three sponsors and we were uh, airplane eight markets and we played 150 shows and we were invited to play at the Western Canadian Music Awards. So everything was looking super great. Um, and uh, and I, I'd always had this entrepreneurial streak. Always, always, always. Since the time I was 15 years old in high school, I was like organizing ski trips and, you know, uh, street hockey games. I was always the organizer, bringing people together. So... So here I am, um, 2008, 9, 10-ish, uh, the economy dipped hard uh, a little later in Canada than the US, but uh, my portfolio uh, ended up dropping and I ended up losing $200,000. Half of it was other people's money. Um, and uh, in that same 18-month period, my band was selected to play at the Western Canadian Music Awards and 20 minutes before stepping on stage, we broke up. So it was one of the most hollow feelings in my life, right? And it's the last time I've ever played professionally was the WCMAs. Um, and uh, someone who'd been a mentor to me, I made the mistake of really making him my messiah, you know, I, as a young man, like really looking for mentors in the business space. And um, uh, he, he ended up being one of the two leaders of a $12 million uh, Ponzi scheme. And so uh, his business partner was convicted in court given a $225,000 fine, barred from holding securities for 25 years. It was in the news all over Western Canada. So, so all three of these things kind of happened very quickly back to back to back in about an 18 month span. And, uh, and I was, dude, I was so broke. I was just so, 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 so broke. And the stress plus the exhaustion led to me developing an illness called erythema nodosum. 
and uh, it happened really quickly. It was December 26, 2010. And um, five days later, by New Year's Eve of 2010, uh, I couldn't walk anymore. So um, I had to move back in with my parents for full-time care. Um, thankfully, they were in the same city, so I didn't have to go too far. And had my mom not paid my mortgage for me for those three months, I would have gone double bankrupt in my business and in my personal finance as well. And, you know, the, what the days felt like um, going from touring drummer, I was also a college athlete. Um, I played on scholarship. I played volleyball on scholarship. So going from athlete, rock star, multiple houses to 200K in debt and uh, no way to walk, you know, it was a massive massively humbling experience. And some days I'd be angry. Other days I'd be humiliated. Other days I'd be embarrassed. Other days I'd feel defeated. It was just a real roller coaster. And um, then I had this, this one experience that changed my life forever. I had felt a tingling in my body and I heard a voice that said, Tim, entrepreneurship, are you sure this is what you want? And, you know, Caleb, in that moment, I don't know if a second went by or a minute went by, it was like life was on pause. The whole world just stopped turning in that moment. And then I heard another voice. It was quiet. It was weak. It was distant, but it was clear. And that voice said, yes. And in that moment, I went from being incredibly possessed with the idea of becoming rich and famous to realizing the folly of all of it. And that I needed to be focused on truth and mastery. And that if all I got to do for the rest of my life was get a little bit better at entrepreneurship, pursuing truth and mastery every single week that goes by, even if I was never rich and famous, that that would be a life well lived. So week after week, I started to work on learning the nuts and bolts the hard way, doing it. <laughs> of marketing, of sales, of finance, of all these different critical parts of business. And, and I kind of got caught up again in, in some of the same kind of like, you know, build a six-figure business, build a seven-figure business, you know, build a multiple six-figure business, build, have a six-figure launch, like all these messages that we as entrepreneurs hear very, very often, you know, and I'd see the Inc. 500 awards and I would say, like, oh, I guess that's what you're supposed to do to be successful is to have maximum top line revenue. Well, I had a new problem. I was selling more and more and more, but I wasn't keeping more. In fact, I was keeping less and less and less. And I was so confused by this. How could it be that we could sell $500,000 and yet my bank account hadn't moved at all? So I called up my accountant and said, hey, can you help me with this? I don't understand what's going on. And what he said was like a blur of terminology I couldn't understand to help myself. It doesn't help the fact either that I actually, uh, I, I, I dropped out of calculus three times because I couldn't understand it. Mm -hmm. And therefore I, I never, therefore I got rejected from business school three times. I never, ever got into business school. So a non-math guy, a non, a, a definitely non-accounting guy talking to an accountant to understand a business situation. I mean, that might as well be someone who speaks English talking to someone who only speaks French trying to explain an Italian situation. Like it, it could, there could not be more, they're all romantic languages, but there's no, <laughs> it's not happening. Right. So, so after that, like I, I put down the phone that day 
and I, I had more questions than answers, which was very unsettling. And what bothered me even more was like, now I've got this team that's looking to me for answers and I don't even know how to decipher what the hell's going on. So there was a day when I saw uh, a veteran, veteran, veteran entrepreneur look at a set of financials and uh, there, there's a few business owners in the room and, and this veteran entrepreneur looks at the set of financials and this veteran entrepreneur had never seen that business before, had certainly never seen their financials, didn't have any direct experience working in that industry and looked at the financials for about five minutes and said, your key problems are here, here and here like X marks the spot on a treasure map. You don't know necessarily what's at each one of the, those X marks the spot might be big, might be little, but it's like, dig here, dig here, dig here, keep going, keep going, right? I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it that this set of financials was literally a treasure map. And so that set me off on this journey that come hell or high water on my pursuit of truth and mastery, even if I hated numbers, even if I hated math, even if I hated accounting, even if I hated bookkeeping, like anything related to it, I'd be damned if I didn't learn at least the basics of what I needed to know. So I spent around a hundred grand flying all over North America, going to classes. And, and I, and I, I was like, I think, I think I kind of got this sorted, but, but I realized I still had not actually studied it in a formal academic setting. So maybe there was something that I didn't know, like there was a hidden, like I was waiting for the second shoe to drop here. So I actually enrolled in university accounting classes at the University of Alberta. I couldn't get into the full four credit course because I hadn't completed calculus still like 15 years later or whatever, right? Um, but they'd let me into night school and audit. You know what I mean? So I sat in the back of the room. Actually, I sat in the front of the room, if I'm being totally honest about it, front and center, my hands shooting up like every seven minutes, you know, like I asked more questions than all the other students combined. And... Lo and behold, on my midterm, I got 100%. And I was just like, that's right, you bleep, 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 bleep. You know what I mean? Just like, I can do this. You know, I can do this. This is not some foreign cryptic language. Right. It's actually really, really, really common sense. And one thing I realized is knowing your numbers in business is not about numbers or accounting or math even. It's just a way to make a decision, a decision that's sound. It's like, would you ever go to a doctor and a doctor just kind of looks at you from head to toe and says, well, looks like we've got to take out his appendix. I mean, that's insanity, right? That's absolute insanity. They're going to run blood tests. They're going to do some diagnostic imaging, right? And so that's what, that's what knowing my numbers and my business turn into. And I think that's true for all businesses. It's just a way to see through the opinion and noise to see what's really going on here. And do you have to learn a bunch about taxes and the tax code, this, and the depreciation tables of this, that, and everything? No, that's why we have accountants, right? They're here for compliance. They're here for, to help us minimize while still staying on the right side of the law, obviously our taxes um, and everything else, like in terms of making decisions as a CEO of our businesses and being owners of our businesses, like that's like, 1% of what accounting is. And that's, it's the only 1% we need to know and leave the rest to the accountants. So since then, since having this massive breakthrough, you know, studying masters, studying formal accounting in universities, all of it, um, I've since had just the extreme privilege of sitting on uh, now over 140 different board meetings with different entrepreneurs, 
I've helped companies save themselves from bankruptcy. I've helped entrepreneurs save themselves from bankruptcy, which is even more inspiring for me when someone can do it for themselves. And, uh, and as you know, I've, I've now developed a course called Know Your Numbers to help pass on what I've learned um, through all of the frustration and crazy terminology that, that can be out there and, and fear, honestly, around accounting. There's, there's so many things that I want to follow up on. I'm, it's so funny because I was also the person that sat in the front row and had questions yeah. <laughs> probably every five minutes. Um, I, I would always joke, I would bail the professors out when you would have like a late group. <laughs> They would always look to me and I would I would make up a question on the spot if I needed to. Um, so truth and mastery, I'm I'm curious behind the why those two things. Did you feel like you were kind of a fraud and you, did you feel like you were you were in the position that you were because you weren't a mastery over yourselves or why did you come up with that? And then the business that you were running was that greatassistant.com? When? When you when you called up your accountant. Oh, um, well, so the first time, I mean, the first time that I had a really frustrating conversation with my accountant was, I mean, that goes back probably seven, eight years or something like that. So yeah, that predates great assistant. Um, but I, but since then I've had multiple conversations that have left with more questions and answers because accountants, accounts aren't trained on how to talk to an entrepreneur, just like an entrepreneur is not trained on how to talk to an accountant. So there's a lot of confusion and misunderstanding along the way. And, and the context between truth and mastery, what, what, why those two things? Truth, because, you know, Caleb, I don't know if it's because I grew up in more or less like farming families. Like I grew up in the city, but like both my mom and dad are kind of first generation off the farm more or less. So I, you know, I don't know if that's it. Um, I, I think for me, a huge part was just like so much of what's marketed to entrepreneurs is half truths. It's not enough to be a lie, but it's also not enough to be the truth. So like the Inc 500 awards will say, here's America's fastest growing companies, like apply now, like we'll send you a plaque. You can put the logo on your website, get the recognition you deserve. They're not lying in the sense of like, they're not saying revenue is the only thing that matters because that's how they calculate the Inc 500 awards is just revenue growth. That's all they calculated on. They're not lying. Okay. At one point they were, they said, these are their, their, their tagline used to be, these are America's 500 most successful small businesses. That's a lie. That is an outright, outright, outright lie. And they have no, 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 no jurisdiction to be able to say if someone's most successful or not. Zero, absolutely zero. Um, so they've since changed it to being America's fastest growing companies. And the way that it's toted and flaunted and celebrated makes it seem like it is the most successful companies in America. Yep. Um, I, I, and, and a lot of the fast growth awards are all just rep, you know, top line revenue, a lot yep. of them. And, and like Caleb and, and, and anyone can look this up. There's literally a, a, a FAQ section on how to apply for the Inc 500 awards. Okay. And if you type into Google, uh, uh, does my company have to be profitable to be eligible? It literally, there's literally, the first word is two letters. And you know what it is? And no. no. Yep. No. No. That's, it is absolutely breathtaking how little actually goes into determining. And I know folks watching the podcast won't be able to see this, but I'll share this just for you, uh, Caleb, and for anybody watching on YouTube. This is the Inc. 
This is Inc. Magazine's website that's on the screen right now. And I'll read it for anyone listening to the podcast. It says Inc. Help Center in the top left corner. And the headline of the FAQ article is, does my company have to be profitable to be eligible? Question mark. And here's the answer directly from Inc. Magazine. No, period. The Inc. 5000 is determined solely by revenue growth. Profitability is not a consideration, period. So what that means is you could sell $100 million, you know what I mean? And you could be negative earnings, meaning losing money every single day, month, year of existence. You could be a billion dollars in debt with no help, no, no possible redemption on that billion dollars of debt. And yet you could be number one on the Inc. 500 list. So, and now, and, and, and I think the Inc 500 or Inc 5000 list is actually one of the less egregious examples, yeah. right? The more egregious examples are like when you see marketing programs that are like, you know, you're one funnel away, yep, you're just exactly, one funnel away. Exactly what I, where I was going is the, where you, 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 I know people that have those plaques that have failed as marketers on that project, but they're they're looked at as a millionaire because they've done a million dollars through a funnel. Right. And there's, there's private groups you can pay to be a part of that are like, Oh, this is the, you know, this is the millionaires club, or this is the, what this, that, and the other thing. And the only thing you have to do is sell a million dollars. It says nothing about how much you got to keep nothing about how healthy your company is, culture, debt, customer satisfaction, any of it. And it, it bothers me because it's not the truth. Right. Yes. Yes. It's not the freaking truth, you know? And so I think because for me personally, I wasn't like, I just, I drank the Kool-Aid so hard for so many years. And what I got out of it was a broken heart and a broken body. It's like, well, hold on. Like I'm now going to be an advocate for others to, and here's the thing, you know, Caleb, the craziest thing is if Tim of after the illness, after I'd learned about the truth of how to understand numbers and money business. So the wiser Tim had the wiser Tim run into the young, inexperienced, uneducated Tim, young, inexperienced Tim wouldn't have listened to more experienced Tim because I was so stubborn. I was so like, Nope, all I need is a six figure business or all I need is multiple six figures. I just got to sell more. I was so like, I had to have that hard, body check to the face. Yes. You know what I mean? Like I had, to, I had to have something knock me on my backside before I was ready to learn. So yeah. the thing is, is like, look, like there's a lot of illegal things that are still in high demand, you know, like cocaine generally not so hot for the human body yet. You know what? Because there's a demand for it. There will be people who supply it yeah. just like when there's people who want to believe that get rich quick and easy and just, you know, when the lottery is true, there will be someone who comes along and supplies it. White hat, black hat, on market, off market. It doesn't matter. It will be there. That's just human nature. And it's and that's been true long before the internet ever existed. That's like going all the way back to like people selling magic remedies from the back of their wagon, you know, to small towns from town to town to town to town. So there's just a lot of hype, a lot of half-truths, a yeah. lot of, of garbage in the market out there. And I sincerely hope that um, there can be a renaissance of sorts in the next couple, in the next decade, let's say, as we get reacquainted with truth in business. And, and, and even if there isn't a renaissance, 
in a large scale where something about the entrepreneurial conversation changes at bare minimum, at bare minimum, the people that I get to be in touch with, I hope that they get an opportunity to at least consider the version of truth that I have to share. I love that. And that's really what got me into the money space. And I'm, trust me, when I got in, I was drinking the Kool-Aid. I was learning half-truths to sell certain products. I, I had an agenda. And one of the things that I, I hope this last year, and it's helped that I haven't been directly working with people, but in this last year, I've taken a step back and said, okay, what are the absolute truths that need to be present when it comes to helping people with money? And it had nothing to do with products. It had everything to do with the flow of cash flow. And it's, it's essentially, I could summarize it this simply, money comes in, we can have a conversation about that. Money, money either is spent or it's saved and controlled. And then you can, you can have a conversation of where it's saved, where, what, how your dollars are being used and where it's spent and there's optimization that can happen. But at the end of the day, it's not like this product is gonna change your life. And, and what, that was one of the things that in maturing, I was so drawn to because I grew up in a world where you go to school, you learn this, the market gets you 12%. You, you just don't ask questions. You're just, you're just pretty much a good looking face. And in my case, not even just selling, slinging products and doing your thing. And so I, I was very driven by like, I want to find a better way. And it's so interesting because truth and mastery are like, I resonate with both of those because you can be, you can have mastery, but if you don't have the truth, what's the point? But you could, you could, we all know that that person that knows everything, but that, that they're not in a good place because they're not, they're not actually creating mastery in them, in themselves. So I love that. So my hope is, can we pivot and then talk about businesses? If you're a business owner, how can you have truth and mastery over your business? Obviously, I'm hoping every single person that is listening to this takes the next step, especially if you're a business owner and, and goes to your, to your workshop. And I want that for those, for those people like, uh, if you were if you were to spend 15 minutes talking about the ins and outs of that what are like the most important things to understand as it relates to truth and mastery in your business sure sure so <clears throat> the the shortest version is if truth and mastery is something that you want you decide it that's it that's it the pursuit of truth is never ending and the pursuit of mastery is never ending. So if anybody wants it to be an Ed McMahon lottery seven foot check and dancing ladies and a confetti cannon on your front door to say, look, you've arrived. It's not happening. Yep. It's not happening. This is not a magic pill conversation. This is a pursuit and a, dis and a choice to be in that pursuit takes a heartbeat. That's all it takes. That's all it takes is a heartbeat to make that decision that this is what I'm pursuing. So if we want to, if we want to, so that's at the highest level and maybe the deepest level simultaneously. If we want to talk about tactically, tactically, what can we do to take the next step in moving towards truth in moving towards mastery as an entrepreneur, as it pertains to money, then let's talk about a cash flow forecast of all the tools I've ever learned, I've ever developed, I've ever deployed across dozens of companies I've had the honor of working with. Uh, if there was only one thing, only one tactic that I could gift to every entrepreneur, it would be the cash flow forecast. Um, it's not going to help you make 
your business the most successful of all time. It's not the single answer to solving all your problems, but I'll tell you what it is. If you can imagine that you are uh, on the edge of a boat in the middle of a, you know, of a large body of water, deep enough that you could go diving. We're going to say that you as the entrepreneur are the diver sitting on the edge of the boat and you're really excited about this adventure. You're going to get to go dive into see a shipwreck, maybe some beautiful coral reefs, see some stunning fish. It's an amazing adventure. Now, if you're going to go on this adventure, you better know how much oxygen you've got in the tank, right? And a lot of entrepreneurs make the mistake believing that revenue is the oxygen in the tank. In fact, even Mark Cuban on Shark Tank says sales cures all. With all due respect to Mr. Cuban, he's wrong. He's completely wrong. And I could give you dozens of examples of, of why he's wrong. Okay. Now, is the act of selling, is that very, very important, especially in the beginning of a business? Absolutely, yes. I would never, I would never question that. But sales as an item in your financials is not the most important thing. Caleb, this is why you know this is true. We don't even have to go any further than this. How much revenue, how many sales, how much revenue did Google have before it had Google AdWords? I have no idea. And zero? <laughs> zero. They had no way to monetize millions and millions of searches a day coming onto Google before there was Google AdWords, there was no revenue in Google. Facebook, how many millions of people, how many hundreds of millions of people had accounts before they had a way to monetize it with Facebook ads? Zero, there was zero dollars coming to Facebook. YouTube, before they introduced YouTube ads, zero dollars. Instagram, before they had Instagram ads, which is a very new development, just I think a year and a half ago, zero dollars of revenue. So how could it be? I thought that it was all about sales, sales, sales. I thought it was all about building a six figures of revenue, seven figures of revenue, having a six. Well, how can that be? If that's, if that is the oxygen in the tank, how are these businesses staying alive? They, they, they were, were staying alive. Money. Yeah. They were staying alive because they had cash. Now yeah. the cash didn't come from generating revenue like it would if they were selling, you know, shoes in a shoe store or selling financial services or whatever. It came from a different source. Like you said, they came from funding. You know, so money can come from different kinds of sources. We don't, it doesn't necessarily have to be revenue or sales, but it necessarily, but our businesses necessarily have to have cash. Right. And that's what is the auction in the tank. Now, what, what revenue might be for the divers, the flippers on their feet, right? If you've got sales and revenue, quite possibly you've got more going and maybe you can have flippers on your feet, which makes you go faster than if you're just barefoot, right? So maybe that's, you know, maybe that's the case, but at the end of the day, the auction in the tank is cash, not revenue. So understanding our current cash position and understanding what our cash position looks like in the next 13 weeks is incredibly, it, it is life and death for every single business on the planet, including a well-established company like Apple, including Amazon, including Berkshire Hathaway, you know, Warren Buffett, like any business the amount of cash you've got in the bank and how much cash we're going to have in the bank in the coming 13 weeks. If that's not solved, nothing else matters. Like I can't tell you how many times I've spoken around North America and the speaker before me or after me will get up and say, the one thing you need to do is write a book or the one thing you need to do is launch a podcast, right? Well, 
if there's 200 people in the crowd, right? I promise you, I promise you there's at least one, if not a few dozen people in that crowd that are so excited to go write that book because right. they're amped up by the speaker. Okay. Yep. Writing that book is going to take three to six months, you know, to write it, publish it, mm-hmm. you know, and get it live. And, and that's, and that's the fast version. Most books that are really, really great take a couple of years. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and this, this unsuspecting entrepreneur in the crowd going, okay, I guess that's what I get. I got to write a book. They're now going to pour all their time, energy, and talent for the next three to six months into writing a book when in fact they only have two weeks of cash. Yeah. Yeah. So look, something I call 3D decision-making, this is another Tim Francis original, is what is at the intersection of my unique set of circumstances, my, my unique set of circumstances, which is different than Caleb's, which is different than the person sitting next to you at the conference, okay? Circumstances meaning uh, what is external to you, you know what I mean? What, you know, if, 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 if you're 20 something year old and the next person to you is 80 years old, their circumstances are gonna be different in terms of what's available. Or if the person to you on the other side is pregnant, like there, that's a different set of circumstances, right? So. Unique set of circumstances, unique set of resources, and unique set of timing. Those are the three factors, right? So if you're sitting here and you've got a million dollars in the bank and the person next to you has 83 cents, very different set of resources. If you have a podcast with 10,000 downloads a week and the next person has nothing, that's another resource, different set of resources. If you've got a customer list of 200 raving fan customers, the next person has not a single customer, that's a different set of resources, right? So... Now, at the foundation of that in, in the resources categories, how much cash do we have to work with, Yeah. right? So, so you know, one of, one of the teachers who's had a huge uh, influence on me, uh, probably one of my top 10 of all time is a guy named Keith Cunningham. And he said, there's such thing as the right idea at the wrong time. And a corollary expression he's got that I absolutely love is, there's such thing as running in the wrong direction enthusiastically. Yeah. And there's... And, and like literally, and, and so the way he says it is there's nothing worse. There's nothing worse than running in the wrong direction enthusiastically. So we got people running out of this, you know, whatever the conference is going, oh my God, I'm going to write my book. I signed up for the VIP coaching program for the next 90 days. It's a book writing intensive. Every day I'm going to write. They're getting me the outline. I've got a writing coach. I got all the things. I got an editor waiting for me. We're going to draft design, blah, 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 blah. And they're running in the wrong direction enthusiastically. The right direction based on their 3D decision-making circumstances, resources, and timing is I got to pick up the phone and I got to call like five people who emailed me three weeks ago about possibly becoming a client. And I got to call them and I got to get them as clients now because otherwise I'm not making the mortgage payment. I don't have money for groceries. I can't keep the lights on. I can't pay my staff. I can't keep my CRM software subscription, whatever the case is. Can't keep my website live. Cause I don't have any more than like a week of cash here or something like that. Yep. So understanding our cash position today and for the coming 13 weeks creates the runway and creates the runway or lack thereof. If it's a lack thereof yep. of runway, then we need to do some things to build runway. So now we can think about the larger projects that are going to take a longer amount of time to launch. So uh, the cash flow forecast, I actually created a tool. It's a, it's a simple spreadsheet. If you know how to add and subtract, that's all you got to know how to do. It's very simple. You don't need to know calculus to get this tool to work. This is a Tim Francis level uh, 
tool. This is not a university math level tool. It's a Tim Francis level tool, much, much, much lower. And so there's, if you can add and subtract, you can use the tool. If you know how to click boxes in Excel or Google Sheets, you can use the tool. If you know how to log on your online banking and download a couple statements, yeah. you can use the tool. It's not hard. So, um, so I'm giving that away for free. I, I've never, I, I don't want a single entrepreneur, yeah. especially entrepreneurs who are in dire straits to ever have money be in the way of them being able to keep their head above water for another few weeks or a few months. Uh, and, and the cash flow forecast tool will help an entrepreneur do that. I, I've had five different people message me privately. Each of uh, two had two, one was a beginner, two was in the six figures in revenue and two were in the seven figures in revenue. So we're talking a wide range of different revenue levels here. And all five of these people kind of over the last probably couple of years have said, Tim, that single cash flow forecast tool you gave away for free. I did it. It saved my company from bankruptcy. So uh, folks can pick that up. They have head over to, and so this is my website, knowyournumbersworkshop.com. So that's knowyournumbersworkshop.com. And then there's a forward slash, and then it's better wealth. So just like Caleb's company name. So knowyournumbersworkshop.com forward slash better wealth. And if you scroll to the bottom of that page, you'll see a big button that says free resource just for you, cash flow forecast. Go ahead and click that and folks can get, get a hold of it there. Tim, thank you so much. And and for those of you that are watching on YouTube, you can check out the description below. And for those of you that are listening to this on a podcast, you can also look in the description and the link will also be there. Um, as you were talking, I couldn't help but just bring this back to our business and think about how we help people with money. So again, I'm throwing myself into the bus in this interview, but it's like when when I first started, I was like taught to highlight certain things to sell. And so it was like, I didn't, you might not have any revenue, but you need this product, <laughs> trust me. Um, it's like, or you don't, and it's like, you, you almost look at people and people have an agenda. And that was me early on. And I, my hope is that we are, we're going away from that. But one of the things that I'm, that I'm learning and I'm having like, I, and my eyes are open. And anytime that someone like is pitching something, I go like, wait a second, like how can you sell something if you don't know the whole context? of where someone's at. And I'm not saying like a whole financial complicated plan that's 50 pages. I'm just like the basics, I mean, cash flow, the basics. And so when you were talking about like, you know, and, and trust me, I've spent a lot of money. This is what we talked about pre-recording. It's like, I spent a lot of money and that was the perfect example of like, these were all great people. They all had workshops and products that worked. And here I am wanting to make a difference and, and I, didn't have the truth to make a great decision. So here I am, the, the, the person that was most charismatic and that, that had the most shiny object was the thing I was gonna go for. I had the right intention. I just didn't, I didn't know how to make a decision. And one of the things that we're like, we're doing hardcore in our business is helping people understand that whether they work with us or not, I want people to understand their foundational situation. And it seems like you're doing the same thing in business at the end of the day, if someone just gets that free resource, they're going to be, they're going to have the tool. And I know you have so many other things that you do. And like you are, you're teaching them to fish. You're teaching them to make that right decision. And so for that, man, like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for talking about this because there's not a lot of people talking about this subject for every 10 people that are talking about money personally. I, I mean, I haven't met a single person other than you and one other person that actually have a business around helping people with their cash flow 
when it comes to their business. And so is there like, is no one talking about this or are just people not doing a good job marketing it? I think, I think naturally the folks who are really, really great marketers, um, they implicitly understand um, the message that sells, right? And the message that sells is typically, uh, you know, what is kind of easier, faster, glitzier, um, and uh, more accessible. So what what I what I talk about sometimes, you know, it takes a couple, you know, a, a two day workshop, a three day workshop to to kind of get there, and it's a little bit more work. But I'll tell you what, um, I can when I think about when I think about when I think about the folks who are really, really ready for the message that I've got to share, it typically, typically it's someone who's been in business a little while and has been burned by the glitzy marketing of other programs first. Um, and you know, like anything, it's shades of gray. Yep. You know, I, right. You know, um, and, Look, I've taken a lot of programs and I've gotten a ton out of them. I think yeah. where we get ourselves into trouble is when we believe something is the end all be all. This is the solution. Yeah. That's the that's what our brain wants to hear. It's what our brain wants to know. And unfortunately, uh, life is not that simple. It's kind of like if I just go on this one diet, my, you know, my, uh, I'm going to lose all the fat. It's like, well, but if you're not also doing the exercise, if you're not getting the sleep, if you know what I mean? So, so I think that's a really, really big part of it is um, it's not the sexiest message to say, hey, let's like do some heavy lifting and let's actually build a few tools that are going to give us some insight. It's a lot sexier and funner to say, hey, let's go launch a new thing. Oh my God, we're going to tell the world about it. We're going to announce it on Facebook. It's going to be super exciting. So now I also really want to highlight that it's it's not... It's, it, it's not an entrepreneur's fault for like, it's not my former self fault. It's not your former self fault. It's not anyone's fault for, first of all, diving at the big shiny object. That's human nature. It's also not our fault for not knowing about uh, accounting, right? Or knowing numbers or not knowing our finances. There's nothing wrong with that. We just haven't been taught that yet. And, you know, there's probably a reason that anybody who's interested and has listened this long to this episode is because now it's time. And yep. it was kind of that classic expression that when the, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And so there's probably a reason someone is listening to this podcast right now. It's because it's, you know, the, not, they're ripe, they're ready. They're ready to hear the message that's one step beyond the glitzy convenient message that's kind of out there on Shark Tank and whatnot. Tim, thank you so much. And I just wanna remind my audience, knowyournumbersworkshop.com slash betterwealth you can get that free resource. And the other thing, can you talk a little bit about your workshop? Because this is something that I, I, I have as like two dues in, in the year of 2021, I have it right at the top, entity structure and know your numbers. These are two things that I need to have a better understanding because again, even before we talked, I know if those two things are in place, it will answer questions about 
how, how many people I can hire, what positions we need to hire, where we need to focus on marketing. I'm telling you, like, it makes so much sense. And for someone who's for so long, I've, I've based, I don't know if anyone can relate to this in business, but I've kind of based the, the strength of our company based on what's in the, the bank account. And yep. it's, it's not a, that's not, a, that's an elementary way to run a business. And yet, Tim, I have not met anybody that can articulate how to actually run a business without having a CFO, hiring a tax strategist and paying someone a bunch of money. Right. So a simple example for everyone listening uh, as to why you can't just look at your bank account is because let's say, let's say I turn on my, my, uh, I open up online banking. Let's say I see $50,000. And uh, if I say, well, if I've got it, I can spend it. I might spend it. But what if, what if I'm supposed to pay payroll to all my staff or my contractors next week? And the total amount I owe them is $20,000. Well then hold on $50,000 cash in the bank. Isn't really $50,000 of free cash. And that was a huge learning point for me is the difference between cash and free cash. What if, what if of that $50,000 in the bank account, I'm supposed to pay an investor $10,000 or pay off a loan $10,000 next week. What if the week after that I have to buy $20,000 of inventory, or maybe I'm paying $20,000 to get a new website or to a consultant or something like that. I might have $50,000 cash in the bank and $0 free cash. It's even possible for me to have $50,000 in the cash of, of cash today and have negative free cash. And that happens all the freaking time. Absolutely all the time. Tim, thank you. Thank you so much. And I, we don't have time in this interview to talk about great assistant, but I, but I assume that you attacked the, the, the assistant world based off of the truth and mastery. And if I, I, cause I've, I've seen what your stuff have, I've gained a ton from the resources that you have. And it's very much like you went after the, you don't just need to hire someone in, in the Philippines or India, like, uh, you know, so actually know your numbers and you can pay somebody a little bit more money and have more effectiveness. And again, it goes back to don't hire an assistant until you know your numbers. But one of the things, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, one of the things that helps people is once you know your numbers, the, the number one thing that you probably should be doing is finding out how to work in your unique ability and delegate everything else. And I don't want to be assumptive, but is that the reason why you have those that company as well? So great assistant uh, for everybody who um, is new to me and new to new to, to what I teach and whatnot. Great assistant actually come, came before the Neuro Numbers Workshop. It's a company I own um, and run. Um, I spend two days a week on it because I've been able to delegate everything. I've built a leadership team, um, and uh, and we've helped hire over we've helped over three hundred entrepreneurs across North America to get an executive assistant. And you know because I've been learning to delegate and lead and, and I've had the margins to be able to hire the right people in the right way. I'm now at a place that I've gone from working seven days a week to five days a week, to three days a week, to two days a week in it. And so I'm, I really, really, you know, that's the time part of the equation, the time, you know, time and money, time and money, time and money, two things that entrepreneurs are two of the most valuable resources for entrepreneurs. And so great assistant is in a really, really cool spot. You know, it's, it's, I, I used what I teach in Know Your Numbers to help me grow Great Assistant. And once I got really good at it, then from there, I felt like I was in the proper place to be able to teach it. And so then that's why I launched the Know Your Numbers Workshop is because of what I figured out in the process of building Great Assistant. And what I, one thing I'm particularly proud of is, yes, I teach 
not how to just, I, I don't teach how to make money, but I teach how to keep money. Yeah. Okay. And that's not my core business. My core business is a hiring company that helps entrepreneurs to get an executive assistant. When you think of people who teach not just how to make money, but keep money or how to build a successful business, oftentimes that's their only business. That is their business. And they're operating from theory and what they've learned from other people. They haven't really done it a lot themselves. I've done it in my own company and I'm continuing to do it. And I'm going to continue doing it at higher and higher levels away from what I teach in Know Your Numbers. And so I think that just allows my teaching to really ring of truth that it comes from experience and not just experience of telling you how to keep and keep money, but applying it in my own business. And also when I get hired to consult and sit in board meetings, now I'm cross training myself. That's that mastery piece across like what's true of every industry, irrespective of size, irrespective of country and irrespective of geography, very, very, it creates principles very quickly when you can look at different examples and tie them all together. So to me, great assistant, you know, that same why reason of truth and mastery came about after trying five times to hire an assistant overseas for like 10 bucks an hour. And it failed every single time. And I realized that there is really three core issues. One was I wasn't a good enough leader Two, the people I was trying to hire overseas. They were pretty much doomed to fail from the beginning because they were in the wrong, an extremely different time zone, oftentimes gaps in language, oftentimes gaps in understanding business culture. So like their, their odds of succeeding were very, very low in the first place. Right. And, and thirdly is I didn't even know what to delegate. I, I, it was really tough to even know what to delegate first. So when I built great assistant, it's not just a hiring company. It's a company that will not only help you find a great assistant, but we also help train the entrepreneur so they know how to delegate effectively uh, to externalize what's on their brain because expecting anyone to read our mind is just not effective. So that's, you know, great assistant came about. It gave me a ton of time to be able to focus on helping other entrepreneurs with what I learned. And that's what, that's where the Neuro Numbers Workshop came from. Thank you so much. And honestly, like the, the workshop is an absolute no brainer and I cannot wait to just be a student in there and learn because it's going to make me a better person as it relates to helping entrepreneurs with their money, but it's going to help us as we grow our impact and ability to serve just the ability to actually know truth and have mastery over that. And so thank you for being such a great example. How can people follow your work, stay connected to what you're doing and, and get involved with you and grow with you in 2021? Sure. Um, so knowyournumbersworkshop.com forward slash better wealth is your first move. Grab the cash flow forecast, use it. Um, there's actually a video just above the button that you can watch. It walks you through how to use the cash flow forecast tool. So that's one way to go about it. Um, if people want to follow me on Instagram, uh, it's at real Tim Francis. I considered at fake Tim Francis that sounded funnier, but I thought that would create a lot of confusion. So I stepped back and just said, let's do the obvious thing. So at real Tim Francis, if you want to follow me personally, um, I host a ton of dinner parties and I love, uh, you know, creating, um, just beautiful people doing beautiful things right here in Austin, Texas. So you'll see, that's what is a lot of my uh, personal Instagram. Aside from that, like just keep following Caleb, you know, uh, keep, you know, he's attracting a lot of really great people into the podcast. Um, and then my companies are called profit factory and great assistance, just profitfactory.com and great assistant.com. That's it. Tim, thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.